I'm just going to read a scripture. It's Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 to 22. So now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Only to fear your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his decrees that I am commanding you today for your own well-being. Although heaven and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth with all that is in it, yet the Lord set his heart in love on your ancestors alone and chose you, their descendants after them out of all the peoples as it is today. Circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and who loves the strangers, providing them food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, him alone you shall worship. To him you shall hold fast, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise, he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things that your own eyes have seen. Your ancestors went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in heaven. Well, it's good to be back here uh, at St. Luke's together, um, worshipping and honouring God. Uh, we, um, through this yeah, through tonight we're going to talk about what it means to walk with God and allow us to just, yeah, determine ourselves for 2022 to actually be people who walk with God and um, who actually think about what that looks like and think about, um, we, you know, we understand the phrase, we understand, yeah, that's kind of what we do as Christians, but actually to think about are we actually doing it and is this actually important for us? to actually walk with God. Um, the way that our, our culture says to walk is often, our culture says the way that you walk is walk the way that you want. You make up your own rules. You do what you want. You do what, make, what makes you happy. And uh, that's the way that you should walk. But God invites us into a way of walking that actually walks with him and trusts and lean upon him and puts the, uh, you know, the importance upon listening to him and learning his way. And here in Deuteronomy, um, we have this, this amazing scripture written by Moses. Moses this Deuteronomy, um, the word means the second law. And so the book of Deuteronomy was written um, as Moses had already, that the people of Israel had come out of Egypt, uh, come into the wilderness. Uh, Moses had met with God at Mount Sinai, and he got the law from God uh, and instructed the people, this is the way that we shall live. Uh, and we know that it didn't take long. It took 40 days until uh, the people of Israel uh, were worshipping, uh, made an idol for themselves, uh, made out of a, a golden calf, and were worshipping foreign God. It took them 40 days to, to break that covenant, break that rule. And um, it was not long before God, 
God said, you, you people that are here, uh, you're not going to see the land that, that I, I will give you. It's your next generation. The next generation will see the land that I have promised for you. And so that we have ourselves here in Deuteronomy where Moses is actually writing this book to instruct the next generation. It's to instruct the next people to actually who will live in the promised land. This is the way that we're called to live. This is the law that God has instructed us in. This is how he is calling us to act. Uh, and there's yeah, amazing, beautiful passages in Deuteronomy. Um, there's the prayer of Shema, which is a, a few chapters earlier. Uh, but then this, this passage here, here, Moses is getting at the heart and is saying, that, that, so Israel, what is the Lord requiring of you? What is God calling you to do? In first words, he says is to, to fear the Lord and to walk in his ways, to serve him and honour him. And so this is important in actually what, the way that we're called to live, the way that he, we're instructed in is actually to walk with him because previous generations, your ancestors, they've actually chosen to walk in their own wisdom the previous generation said that we could figure it out, we could make a golden calf, we could find understanding and wisdom in our own strength and, and will. But Moses is saying, no, the way that we're called to live is to actually walk in his ways and, and let God be the one that instructs us and lean into who he calls us to be. And so that's what we're looking at tonight. We're going to kind of look at some of this, of this passage and, and just think about how we can actually walk with God and not let it be something that we just kind of say because that's the nice Christian thing to say. Yeah, of course, I walk with God, but actually let it be a part of what we do. Now, a couple of years ago, um, we were living down in Maylands, and uh, there was one night that we realized that um, there was this car that had been parked across the road from us, and there was a, 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 a gentleman, and um, he had a, a son who was probably about four or five, and we'd noticed that they were, they were sleeping in their car. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they weren't in the best way, and so we, we offered to, to help them. We gave them some food and let them have a shower and... Uh, they slept a couple of nights in our lounge room and I uh, tried to support them and help them kind of get to whatever services they needed. Uh, and we didn't really see them very much, but this guy was kind of determined to, to have his son. He, was, he, he loved his son so much and cared so much about him and really wanted to be with his son. Um, uh, but then yes, just recently, we actually saw him. Uh, we hadn't, I hadn't seen him for ages and then we just randomly saw him down at the river the other the other day um just this week and uh he'd recently uh lost control of of having his son the dcp had taken him away from him and uh, he was living with a relative and um he was still so determined that he wanted to have his son he was still so determined yet he was living on the streets he was kind of kept going in and out of jobs he uh, kept facing the the um the the yeah, drug addiction and uh, even dealing drugs, but he had still, I'm going to get my son back. He, he was determined to have his son back. He's so passionate about his son and loves his son, and his son means so much to him. But yet he was still blinded by the fact that maybe his living conditions aren't best for his son. His love for his son, his desire, what he wanted, actually blinded the fact that maybe the way that he was living wasn't best for his son. 
Maybe this isn't maybe the best upbringing that this boy could have in life. And yet he still wants it. He was st- that's the biggest thing that he went after for his life is to have. And I understand. I'm a parent. I can get that. But uh, often what we do in, in this culture around us, we're so chasing after our desires, the things that are important for us, and things like family, which are incredibly important, things like our careers and success, and things that are extremely important in, in our culture. We chase after these things, but yet we don't realize that we're often blinded by our pursuit of this thing to actually realize that maybe the way that we're living isn't conducive of what, how we're called to live, isn't conducive to, to the true blessings that God is calling for ourselves. And so the fear that I, you know, the, what I want to try and keep bringing to God is I want to keep bringing to him and for us all to, to keep going, God, is the way that I'm living, am I blinded by my own desires? Am I blinded by my own sin? Am I blinded by my pride and fear or selfishness that I'm actually just chasing what I want rather than chasing what you're calling me to? Am I actually walking with you, or am I walking in my own step? Am I pursuing what is kind of at the deep desire of me and chasing after that? And so my prayer for me and for us is that we would really consider, am I truly walking with God with this wholeheartedness, this wholeheartedness of chasing after who he's calling us to be. And so there's three things that I want to kind of think about as we think about walking with God. Firstly, we start, the starting place of our walking is that we remember what God has done for us. We remember what God has done for us, what he has done for us. It doesn't start by realizing how you've got to where you are by your will and your good effort, how, how much you've worked to be where you are, how much you've earned to be where you are. That's, that's what the, all the movies say. You work hard to get where you are, and it's your effort and hard work that will get you to that place. That's not the starting place of where God invites us into. He actually starts us to remember what He has done for us what he has empowered us on, the grace that when we, when we start to realize this and the more that I live life is I realize that what I am and who I am and what I have is based on the grace of God. It's based on just, I am so blessed to, to live in this, this amazing city, to have incredible family around me, to have incredible church environment to grow up in. I, I did not earn this. It has been given to me by grace and by God who has gifted, remembering what he has done. In verse 15 of that chapter, in that scripture in Deuteronomy, it says, Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your ancestors alone and chose you, their descendants after them, out of all the peoples as it is today. The Lord set his heart in love with you. And chose us, and then in the book of Ephesians, it continues on this thread of, uh, of chosenness, that we as followers of Christ, when we call Christ our King, we've been chosen into this amazing family. We've been selected, predestined into this family to be welcomed and invited. He chose us to be in this place, to be uh, graced upon by His love 
We start by remembering what He has done. We start by remembering our identity is shaped not by all the efforts that we have brought ourselves into, but by the love of God. Our identities need to be shaped by His love. And that true answer, the answer to our identity, how we've been made up and who we are, is not about how much I've earned or what I've worked at. It's that God loves me. And such a, a, a statement or a, a thought that our world is lacking and, and thriving for, longing for, is that love. It's for someone to love them and someone to care for them, that, that we as, as followers of Christ can continue to come back to this place that God loves me and cherishes me. Timothy Keller, he says this, he says, If anything threatens your identity, you will not just be anxious, but paralyzed with fear. If you lose your identity through the failings of someone else, you will not just be resentful, but locked into bitterness. If you lose it through your own failings, you will hate or despise yourself as a failure as long as you live. Only if your identity is built on God and his love can you have a self that can venture anything and face anything. That when our identity is based upon our worth and what we've earned or, or by the love of even just the, the people around us, when that fails and when that doesn't go the way that we want, then our identity gets shaken and rocked and things can go wrong and that things can, can just fracture inside of us. But what we continue to need to work at and, and build ourselves into is learning and, and working that, that our identity is shaped on God's love. That's the starting place of our walk. That's the starting place of how we live, of how we think, of our everyday, that God loves us. It's something that we need to keep holding on to, keep grabbing. It's not just something that we learn and think about when we become a Christian and those early stages. It's something that we need to grab a hold of every day of this, of realizing his love, the magnitude of what he has done for us calls us to have this as a central part of our identity. And that means that we need to think about it often. The central part of our identity means that we actually need to consider his love more and more. And so when was the last time you thought, wow, God, God does love me? When's the last time you had that come into your head? God, God does care about me. He thinks about me. He's there for me. Not just the hardship times or the, the things that you know, we're not just getting, God, where are you kind of thoughts. We're actually often needing to have these thoughts of God loves me and he cares about me. That's the starting place of our walk and so important. And uh, yeah, I, particularly over the last six months, I've felt drawn to his grace, felt drawn to learning and, and, and soaking into his grace because we just take it so for granted, the grace of God. Because we, are, we think we understand it and think we have this foundational understanding. But the, the more that I go deeper in his grace, the more I'm just amazed at who God is and how much he cares for me and his love for me and what he has done for me. Significant. So we start by remembering what God has done. We, we continue. We keep going. Our walk continues to go through sacrifice and surrender. 
Uh, the, the way that we will continue to, to make steps is by sacrifice, that when we get tired and weary, that we sacrifice ourselves. That's kind of why I, I feel like, you know, the, the pain of working out is this symbol of the sacrifice and surrender of continuing to, to push in and keep going is this continual sacrifice. We're learning how to walk through uh, we, we, yeah, we need to learn how that the fact that what we walk in, how we live our lives is, is a, a byproduct of, of the environment we've been brought up in. The environment that we've been brought up in, our upbringing by our family and, and our friends and the culture that we live in has shaped so much of who we are. We need to realize that this culture shapes us. And it shapes how we think and shapes the kind of things that we think and the values that we think, uh, the, the, prejudice, the prejudices that we have towards others um, are shaped on our upbringing and our culture. It's shaped on so much. We, we don't even realize of the, how in our environment has shaped us. And one of the things when you um, uh, go to get married and you, there's this marriage prep thing that you do, and one of the main kind of marriage prep uh, tasks um, that people kind of go through in marriage prep course is uh, they get people to talk about their expectations, their living expectations. Um, because often, you know, these two different people, they've lived apart from each other or lived in their own families, and they have these certain expectations of how things should happen in a home, and uh, they come together, and suddenly these expectations can clash. And uh, I remember doing this exercise with Michaela, and we are mostly pretty good. We were just like, yeah, we love each other. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, and it was, it was pretty good. We, we didn't have too many misaligned expectations, but it was, it was often the little things. It was like how Michaela folded the towels, how she folded the socks, just these little things that niggled at me. Uh, this is probably because I'm a perfectionist and stuff like that. But uh, there's this living expectations can be uh, misaligned because we've been brought up in different ways. And we have these different expectations. And without even realizing, our family upbringing has kind of trained us in a certain way that when we actually come together, we need to learn a different way. And so it is when we actually are walking with God, we need to realize that as we live in this culture and world around us, we have been trained in a certain way of thinking and acting that we need to let the kingdom values of God retrain and readapt how we think and how we treat others, how we think about ourselves. And we actually need to, that process of retraining and rethinking is a process of sacrifice. Because we need to sacrifice and surrender what we think we know, our understanding of training, and go, God, this, may, this is how I know it, and this is how I've been brought up, but I just submit it to you, God. I sacrifice that way of doing things and say, God, I need you to actually retrain my way of thinking. I need you to, to shift how I do think, how maybe I've been brought up just being an introvert and just wanted to kind of keep to myself. And uh, that's very much a part of my identity. Reaching out and kind of talking to people is, is a bit out of my comfort zone. So I'm just not going to go there. I'm just not even going to engage in any conversations. Yes, I know you call me to be a light of the world, but I'm not an extrovert. You see, even in our introvertness, and I'm an introvert, God can still retrain us to actually be a light and actually have conversations of blessing doesn't mean you need to be you know, extra extravagant in the way that you do that. 
You can still do it in an introverted way. But God is continually wanting to actually lead us in that. And that process is a process of sacrifice and surrender, of going, God, this, this way of, of me growing up is not the way that I, I, I think it needs to be. God, I need you to teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. And this, as we get into his word, as we have time in his word and learning and going, God, speak to me. Speak to me. We, we allow for him to do something in us and retrain how we think. As we come into time of prayer and prayer with by yourself and prayer with other people around you, prayer in maybe a 6.30 a.m. Wednesday prayer meeting that we have here, um, you can come to that prayer meeting. And there's moments where that, in those times, that God is actually retraining us to allow him to shift to those ideas of how we see the world. And D.L. Moody, he says this, he says, if I walk with the world, I can't walk with God. There needs to be a shift. That's why when Jesus came, he came to say that I'm bringing the kingdom of heaven. I'm bringing a new kingdom. There's this kingdom that you've lived in so far. But time and time again, if you read the Gospels, the thing that Jesus is constantly saying is he's talking about the kingdom of heaven because there's a new value system. There's this new almost government of what the way that we are called to live is being established, that Jesus is establishing. There's this new way of living in a different way that is different to what the world is doing. And so we need to keep learning and retraining who we are to allow him in that place. And that process is the process of sacrifice and surrender. God, I don't know what it is that I need to do, but I'm just leaning into you. That verse 16 of of, um, the Deuteronomy verse, it says, circumcise then the foreskin of your heart." Do not be stubborn any longer. Moses here is saying, cut off those parts of us that are attached to the world. Cut off the parts of us that are not aligned with the new way of living. Cut those things off. Surrender those things. Sacrifice them and pursue me. Do not be stubborn any longer. Do not, not hold on to the prides of your heart. Do not keep holding on to those things that you keep attaching to, but keep surrendering it to me. Keep surrendering it to me. And so there's this way of walking in him is this way that we just daily pursue him, daily pursue his word, daily pursue his, his presence in our life. And, uh, yeah, the other day I was listening to a podcast, an interview with uh, Nikki Gumbel, the um, founder and kind of who leads Alpha. Uh, and uh, he was just saying that, what, you know, the, the big statement that they want to say, particularly kind of in their last session as an Alpha group, is this statement, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. That what we get to do in, in our everyday walk is we can invite the Holy Spirit to actually speak to us. Speak to us through his word. Speak to us through his spirit as we want to invite him into actually retraining how we think and how we live. And so I encourage you, let that be even some words that you say this week in your prayer time. Just come Holy Spirit. What is it in me? How can I walk in your ways? How can I sacrifice and surrender what I think I know to walk in alignment with you? Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Thirdly, uh, 
how we look, the look of how we walk is that it looks like loving others, love for others. How we look is like loving others. Our walk has a look about it. There's a look about how we walk. And maybe, you know, you're walking and you see people running and they seem effortless. They seem like they're just natural, amazing running specimens. I'm not one of them, but there are people that go running and they just look beautiful. I feel like Daniel Delbino would be one of them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a certain look about people when they walk and run. Some people look fun, funny when they run. Um, uh, some people look great. But there's a certain look about us. And when the way that we, the, the walk that we have with God, that has a certain look and it looks like a love for others. It looks like a love for others. As, as the scripture says um, in Deuteronomy, it says, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and he loves the strangers, providing them for food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt." This is an area where I feel like we can grow so much in as a church, that I can grow so much in, that I'm challenged by. I've been challenged by, the, you know, particularly over this last week of how to keep growing in this area, not just to be someone who does the token looking out for, you know, the people there, but actually be so invested in bringing God's good news, bringing the gospel to this world. Be invested in realizing that God has called me to actually be a love for others. That we as a church uh, need to grow in this. We need to grow in this and keep being changed by this. Not grow in the comfortable spaces of just keeping to ourselves, but keep seeing the community around us and seeing our call to be the light and salt to this earth. That is what Jesus has invited us into. When he spoke of uh, that, the Sermon on the Mount, he called and said that this is the way the kingdom is, that yes, you may uh, experience meekness and mourning. Yes, you may be persecuted. Those are not the things that you should chase. You should not be chasing success and being always happy and, and always have being friends with everybody. But what you should pursue is being the light of the world. What you should pursue is being the salt, the tastiness, that when people encounter you, they experience the life of Christ. When they encounter you, they, they feel the good news of, of Jesus. They, they experience God in out the encounter with us. That's what I want. That's my prayer for me, that I don't, I don't want to just be kind of reserved and do what I want. I, watch, I want people to experience the life of Christ in me through our, our conversation or, or the way that I act towards others. Uh, how we look should and be about a love for others. This is how it is we're called to, to, to be and live. This is the, how our walk is kind of happens and affects our world around us as we love others. And so all these points, all that I'm talking about, maybe it doesn't seem like this kind of in-depth theological understanding. There's, there's very foundational views of, of our Christian walk in what I've been talking about. But these are so key. 
And so often we actually just miss these by getting attached and distracted by our own thing, that we actually miss the fact that God loves us and we, we do, don't remember what He has done. We miss the fact that it's through our sacrifice and surrender, remembering that it's, we need God to retrain us. We need to learn His ways. And we often miss the fact that how we are called to live and act is by loving others and by being that light and salt to the earth. We miss these things easily. I do it all the time myself. I know that we miss it. And so my call for you is not, not to tell you we need to do better and this is what you should do. This is not a pointing the finger or feeling like, I just want us to be compelled by God again. As we begin 2022, I want us to be compelled by His Spirit and His love to go, God, I want to walk with you afresh this year. I want this year to be shaped by not how much I've done, but by my steps with you. My steps with you guiding me. I want this year to be shaped by your voice growing stronger and stronger. I want to be shaped by learning your gifts for me, how you call me to, to bless others. I want, I want to be shaped by bringing life to the people around me, by actually going, God, I, I pray that you know, people would be changed by the encounter with me. I want us to be compelled to actually see His Spirit working in us, to empower us to walk with Him in these ways, to see that His life, His freedom can shape us not just our own way of doing things, but His Spirit shape us. 